0: Welcome to Breezeline, where next-level internet speeds means next-level productivity. Whether it's back to school, back to work, or back to reality, don't let slow internet slow you down. Instead, choose Breezeline and go boss mode with next-level internet and faster speeds backed by a fiber-powered network. So you can level up your day and champion every quest. Now that's Breezeline. Terms and conditions apply. Go to breezeline.com to learn more. This is my my Max Headroom. Hello, anybody home? Hey, think the flying Fuck me gently with a chainsaw. Why, the hard mother Teresa? Our generation may not remember the moon landing, but we remember moon boots. If you owe a few cavities to candy cigarettes, learned your adverbs from Schoolhouse Rocks. Burned your shins on a hot metal slide with sharp edges. Exploding pop rocks for science and you still want your MTV, then this podcast is for you. Dancing with Myself is dedicated to the decade of excess, the 1980s. So pull up your leg warmers and let's get physical. You're listening to Dancing with Myself. This is episode 15. I'm Heather. Halloween was scary enough to a kid, what with teens out to steal your candy, peeled grapes that might feel like eyeballs, and that one creepy neighbor who played the spooky sound effects record all night long. But that was nothing compared to tales of real-life psychos passing out poisoned candy and sticking sharp objects into fruit. Sparked in part by the all-too-real Tylenol tampering deaths in 1982— Authority figure freakouts slammed the brakes on the good old days of biking for miles to unfamiliar neighborhoods. Instead, parents now instructed us to go only to homes we knew and even then pick through our loot suspiciously. No matter how good that homemade popcorn ball looked, mom wouldn't even let us sniff it if it wasn't commercially wrapped. Dads drove us to hospitals and police stations where we joined with other deflated kids waiting to get their bags of candy x-rayed. Some super cruel parents actually put the kibosh on door-to-door trick-or-treating and instead dragged their kids to wimpy parties and malls. Today, most instances of tampered-with treats have been written off as hoaxes, but the urban legend persists. Hey, son, that Milky Way looks suspicious. Better let me take a couple of bites first. Here's a fun fact for you. Poor Charlie Brown is famous for getting nothing but rocks in his trick-or-treat bag, but Bart Simpson may have one-upped him. In one Halloween episode, Bart received nicotine gum. (laughs) Dope! Looking at photos from a 1980s high school prom, you can't help but wonder, is this the 1980s or the 1880s? All we know is... Girls' gowns stuck out so far that schools needed bigger gyms. in which Gen X females all came together, burned their older sister's polyester double-knit leisure suits, and then settled in for an inspirational double feature of Cinderella and Princess Diana's wedding. Jessica McClintock and Laura Ashley were among the popular dress brands, but whatever designer, it was cool to poof the skirt out so far that it had to pay taxes in a neighboring state. Hoop skirts were the choice in the early 1980s, but once a girl experienced the airy thrill of sitting down and having her hula hoop make its way up around her eyebrows, she learned of the magic of crinolines. Like hoops, crinolines gave the desired fluff. Unlike hoops, when the wearers sat down, they didn't offer up so much of icy London, icy France, and, you know, the rest of the North Paris suburbs. Um, These seem to be gone for good, which is probably a positive. They were replaced by sexy sleeveless dresses that revealed more skin than South Beach on a summer Saturday night. But the only sure thing in fashion is that each generation will reach back to whatever its parents dismissed as hideously uncool. Like the South the giant skirt will rise again. Okay, that's a bad joke. Here's a fun fact for you. The best TV scene ever to involve a giant gown was Carol Burnett's Went with the Wind sketch. Dressed in Tara's green velvet curtains with the curtain rod still inside, she draws to Harvey Corman's rep Butler, I saw it in the window and I just couldn't resist. God love Carol Burnett. Where's the thief? Alfred Matthew Yankovic started playing the accordion when he was seven years old, and he can also play the keyboards and theremin. Yes, the really difficult one. He follows a mostly vegan diet and has never done recreational drugs, though he had fun making his college acquaintances laugh until they were high. Weird Al has done over 65 parodies, but he also writes original songs. Most of his albums are half-parody and half-original. Legally, he doesn't need permission to write a parody song, but he asks anyway, in order to maintain good relations with record labels. Most artists like Weird Al and are happy to let him do the parody. Some, like Kurt Cobain, believe you've really made it when Weird Al parodies one of your songs. He recorded his first parody, My Bologna, from My Sharona, in a bathroom on his college campus. Generally, Weird Al does not accept suggestions from other musicians or fans, but there was one possible exception, as some say, like a surgeon, was Madonna's idea. Michael Jackson was a fan of Weird Al, and the two used to exchange notes when they recorded in neighboring studios. Jackson also allowed Weird Al to use the batter music video set to record "Fat." Weird Al's highest ranking hit today is White and Nerdy. And Chameleonaire believed that Weird Al's parody boosted his own song and helped him win a Grammy. Try it for free today at ConstantContact.com.